Here we go. You're listening to Rumination Thursday, December the 8th in the year of our Lord, 2022. It's Law and Gospel. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me today is Pastor Wes Reimnitz. Good morning, Pastor Reimnitz. Good morning, Pastor Baker. How are you? I'm pretty good. We came home from preaching uh, last night, and boy, was it ever foggy. Was it foggy in Springfield today? No, it was pretty clear. Of course, I didn't venture out too far. Yes. Yeah, it cleared up as we kept on coming. Uh, Before we start, we're going to be taking a look at one of the principles or theses that CFW Walther spoke of in talking to students about the distinctions between law and gospel. He made 25 points. The first four points that he makes are actually just a concept of law and gospel, basic concepts. But then beginning with thesis five, he went on up through 25, showing 21 ways that law and gospel is confused. And the basic way of that being confused is by improperly making Christ a lawgiver rather than one with gift. Now, I was struck as we talked about for today that I thought it'd be nice to go back to at least one thesis. That, that's kind of complicated. And when you first read it, you wonder, oh boy. And it's a thesis that says we are not saved on account of our faith, for the sake of our faith, or in view of our faith, which I believe a lot of people really think that that's what faith is, that it saves us. And by the way, before we continue, I (coughs) excuse me. I had the reader's edition of Law and Gospel. It's over 500 pages long. And it's at a very reduced price of $45. So if you email us at lawandgospel at lawandgospel101.com, we'll be able to send you a copy of this before Christmas. And so we are encouraging you to have a copy of Walther's Law and Gospel. You, you use it quite a bit in your when you do sermons, do you not, Pastor Reimnitz? Oh, yes. In fact, uh, uh, in reading it this morning, I mean, we're going to look at Thesis 14, but uh, I was looking at Thesis 10, and it, it was interesting listening or reading Walther talking about uh, how people view faith in in the world of the unbeliever, uh, the same as as a Muslim or a Hindu. And uh, I'd seen various articles on the internet trying to equate Jesus as a Hindu or a Muslim. And uh, I think this one that we're looking at this morning, Thesis 14, really gets into 
what what uh, faith is for the believer. Yeah, some good points there. The main thing is that we do believe that a person is saved and made righteous in the sight of God by faith. But that is a claim everyone knows that salvation by faith is the essence of the gospel. It's the essence of the entire word of God. But a genuine preacher is not defined merely by saying a person is saved and made righteous in the sight of God by faith alone. The key point is in which context does he say and use the word faith? And then Walter goes into some examples of people who have a different understanding when they say the word or the phrase by faith. Can uh, you give an example of what they do? Well, like as the rationalists. It was a rationalist who used uh, to preach that a person is indeed saved by faith, by faith in Jesus Christ. They understood only accepting the excellent moral teachings that Christ proclaimed. They held that a person becomes a true disciple of the Lord and is made righteous by accepting the doctrine of virtue. Look at the way the rationalist book of radical type of this error, and you will see that that uh, they're preaching a vulgar rationalism. Yes, and even the Roman Catholics, for example, they're unwilling to say that faith makes a person righteous in the sight of God and saves him. Now, they will even say that faith alone makes a person righteous and saves him. But when they say by faith, they actually mean that it has to be joined with love. So they manage to say many excellent things about faith in Roman Catholicism, but often by faith, they mean the exact opposite of what Scripture teaches regarding faith. And then Walther also attacked devotional writings of certain modern theologians. What did he say about that? Well, if you understand faith that a person gives himself what, what himself achieves or produces, the faith is a product of human energy or resolution. You know, such a teaching subverts the gospel. You know, God's Word really meant nothing else than when it says that a person is justified and saved by faith alone. A person is not saved by his own acts, but solely by the, the doing and dying of his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Redeemer of the whole world. Uh, yes. One way in which I've heard pastors preach is they encourage a person to decide to have faith. And therefore, faith is something that they do. And that's not correct at all. It's not something right, and, that they do. And right, and in Jesus 10, he brings that out too. 
uh, with the Muslim or the Hindu that they they say faith is something that you do that achieves uh, a certain amount of salvation, which is is an act of unbelief. In in other words, if the message of the gospel is you need to get faith in the words of the Bible, that's really a command, is it not? Oh, yeah. I mean, you you, you, you stated it well. When, when it's a person does something towards faith, rather than receive faith as, as an invitation by God, I, I put out a map that uh, on faith that the law demands faith, but God invites uh, a person to believe. Yes. One of the false theologians, his name is Luthart, and he wrote that faith is a free act of obedience that man renders. And Walter really looked at that closely, and he said, no, if it refers to the fulfillment of a duty for which a person expects a reward, that faith is therefore a work of the law, and that faith is not such a duty. If it were, it would be a requirement that God set before me, as if God says, now I've done my share, namely having my son die on the cross, now you have to do yours. I'm not asking much of you, but I do require that you repent and believe. Now, if you take a look at John 3:16, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish. The way they look at that verse is God does his part, giving his only begotten Son. Then it's up to you to do your part, and that is to decide to have faith in those words and therefore you are not saved by faith you are saved instead through your faith on behalf of your faith on account of your faith for the sake of your faith and faith then becomes an obedient work that you are to do but faith is not a gift is it I'm sorry, no, faith is not a work. It's, it's not a work, it's a, a gift. gift. It says, whoever believes doesn't say that I accept Christ as my Lord and Savior. I think that's where many people go off the rail. Uh, that, that it really is a gift that uh, that he gives. Or uh, like in Acts 4.12, there is salvation in no one else. There is no other name under heaven given by by men by which we must be saved. It is the gift of God to us. What I like about Walther's lectures, he often uses analogies to help us understand. And the one he uses about a beggar. A beggar approaches you asking for a donation. And you say to him, I will give you something on one condition. 
he asks what the condition is. And you tell him that the condition is that he accept your gift. Would he not consider your condition a joke? He would laugh saying, why, I will meet your condition most gladly. And the more you give, the happier I will be to take it. So the gospel is horribly corrupted when you make faith a requirement. Because, and you'll hear this among Christians, how do you know you're saved? Oh, because I have faith. And that's something that I decided to have. And they think that they're obeying some command from God. And that's really not true. You know what comes to mind when when you hear that is the gospel of prosperity. The more that you, quote, have faith, the more God gives you money and wealth and possessions that you hear from some of the uh, so-called evangelists out there. Yes, in fact, uh, I know one pastor who says, you're not getting blessed because you're not doing enough good works. And so your salvation and your blessings are dependent on your obedience to the law. And so it's really important to understand that faith is not something you decide to have. It is a gift from God. And that gift is one in which you now believe the promises of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you thought that faith was something that you have to do, then the promises of the gospel would be conditional. Talk about the difference between law and gospel in regard to conditional and unconditional. Well, God does not attach a condition to his grace when he offers it to a sinner and asks him to accept it. It would not be a gift if it were attached with a condition to it. In the same way, it would not be a gift. Someone came up to me wanting something, and I told him, I will give you something if you work in my garden. He would say, what kind of present is that? Do you want me to to, to work the, the whole day? It's the same thing in Jesus 10, where if you love and do duty, that shows that you have faith and uh, a condition uh, that they would consider themselves justified and saved by faith and not on account of their faith. Yes. One of the best Bible verses CFW brings up is Romans 4, verse 16. It says, That is why righteousness comes through faith in order that it may be of grace. And what's grace? Grace is receiving a gift from God that you do not deserve. But if faith is something that you decide to bring into existence, then you would deserve that salvation because you have now done something. And that's why 
using the proper prepositions in front of faith is so, so important. Right. Well, in short, the promises of grace demand nothing of humankind. When the Lord says believe, he does not speak a demand. Rather, he extends an urgent invitation for people to apprehend, to appropriate what he is giving without asking anything in return for it. Yes. And this gift obviously is accepted. But needless to say, the person who does not accept it loses the gift, but not because there was a condition attached to it. They just don't have faith. And so faith is not placed in opposition to grace, just as the beggar's act of accepting a gift is not placed in opposition to the free benevolence of the giver. Uh, A beggar would be insane if he said to the donor, what, now you want me to accept it also? Well, (laughs) that just doesn't happen. We we see this on a lot of highways. Well, what do you see at uh, intersections sometimes? Uh, which way do you turn? Uh, well, no, you see a beggar who's asking for uh, money. Does that happen yeah. much in Springfield? It happens a lot in St. Louis. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I notice that they're, they're fairly clean cut, and uh, they call themselves homeless. But uh, how homeless are they? Yes, uh, we 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 have what we call crews of them that, that station themselves at various sunk parts of Springfield. Yep. So when a person says you're saved if you have faith, that can really be misunderstood because it often means that the cause or reason for your salvation is your faith. And obedience, therefore, is the reason that eternal life is given to those who keep the law. But when evangelicals use the word if, it means a consequence, for it relates to the mode of application that God has appointed for these promises, and that is faith alone. Mm. So faith is merely a passive instrument, like a hand into which someone places a dollar. The hand is a passive instrument. The person who receives the dollar does not withdraw his hand, Beyond that, he does not have to do anything. It is the donor who is doing the essential part by first offering a gift into the beggar's hand, not the beggar who holds out his hand. Just let a beggar approach a miser and see what good holding out his hand will do. 
The miser might even turn his dogs loose on the beggar if it becomes annoying. So holding out your hand is not a way to get money. But when it's offered to you, you'll hold out your hand. Similarly, faith, trying to get faith in Jesus Christ is not the method by which you are saved. Now, you said it earlier. What really saves you? Faith. Uh, oh, the promises of, of God in Christ Jesus who died, died for you. You know, as you speak and you talked about the, the beggar on the street at, at the stoplight, it, it kind of reminds me of uh, the, the beggar doesn't hold out his hand until the, the driver cranks down his window and offers him the change that he gives, and then he re, he receives from the person on in the car that, or the person rolls up his window and refuses the beggar. Yes. In a certain sense, we could say that faith is a person's work because it is not God who believes, but man. However, this can be totally misunderstood, which is why we should not speak like this. Faith is not an achievement of ours. God alone works in me. You and I contributed nothing to our faith. In fact, were you baptized as an infant as I was? Oh, yeah. And we... We made no decision for Christ. Christ came to us through, through the sacrament of baptism, water, and the word. So when we say to someone to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, we don't want that to be understood as a command from God and get the people all riled up and attempt to believe something because they cannot. The Bible makes very clear that the common man cannot even understand the ways of the Spirit. And until right. you have the Holy Spirit, you cannot even have faith. In relation to salvation, faith is, is not our work. We contribute nothing to my faith. And faith belongs to the order ordained by God, which is said by no actual means, a so-called condition depends on a person, but rather a blessing from our Father in heaven. If faith is not an achievement of ours, it's God alone who works in me. Yeah, it's not a condition that you have to meet, nor is it properly speaking required as a condition, because justification is not promised and offered on account of the worth or merit of faith or insofar as faith is a work. For faith, too, is imperfect. However, it is the mode of receiving the blessing offered to people through an account of Jesus Christ. So it's really important to understand what genuine faith is. To be a true teacher, 
genuine faith is not enough. In addition to faith, you must have the ability to express in proper terms the things that need to be believed. And that's the death of Christ, the forgiveness of sins, and a life of sanctification. And we got to get away from thinking that faith is a command for us to try and render in order to be saved. And we do that Sunday morning, don't we? Early in the service, I, a poor, miserable sinner, you know, that we're, we deserve nothing but uh, eternal punishment. And then we receive the, the forgiveness of sins as it is spoken to us as a command by Christ. And how does that absolution begin? I always like saying that. It begins uh, with upon... Pardon? This is your confession. Oh, I I call and ordain sober the word. In no, 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 and no, by no. The command, how does it? Be, I know. How does it begin? Upon this, your confession. Yes. Now that confession of repentance of sins is for you do. It is something that the Holy Spirit moves you to do, to as He helps you understand you're a sinner in need of God's salvation. So repentance is not your work either. It's the work of God. Faith is not your work. It's the work of God. And therefore, when you are saved, you are saved by the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. That's faith. And that says it all. You know, we were redeemed by Christ our Lord. And it isn't that wonderful news that it's not up to anything that we did or didn't do, but it was it was Christ who, did, who hung on the cross in his crucifixion for us. Yeah, a lot of people think if I'm saved by faith, they wonder if they're going to be saved because a lot of times they don't have sufficient faith. But... Faith is an action that God places in your heart, so you don't need to worry about your salvation on the basis of your works, but on the basis of the works of Jesus yeah. Christ. Well, thanks so much for helping with Thesis 14. I thought it was time to go back to CFW Walther and look at this. Tomorrow is open mic. Till then, you can email me God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your checkout to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.